as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming Week 12 Thanksgiving weekend games across the NFL. In this episode, we'll cover the regular weekly picks, get to our total tees. We've also got our good friend, The Doc. He's going to come back on and help us dig for some Thanksgiving gold. But first, with me as always, my main guy from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I know this is a big day in your household. You celebrate hard. I do. Uh, it's going to look a little different this year, but the tradition continues. I've got my friend, a Lions fan, coming over. Social distancing on my back deck. Mother Nature cooperated, and it's not too cold. we got a space heater, a barbecue, and a big screen TV out there. So what else can you ask for? You can ask for nothing more, my friend, and that's what we all have to be thankful about. And Andy and I actually are both Canadian, but we'd love to send our warmest Thanksgiving Day uh, love to you down south if you're uh, one of our American listeners. So, uh, you know, last week was a pretty good week for us, eh? Well, as uh, Eminem once said, kicking ass in the morning and taking names in the evening. Winner, Gagnon. I went eight and five. Not particularly stellar, but you can make a bit of money doing that. But I also called the Steelers-Jags game going under 46. And my teaser came through on both legs uh, with Houston and the Kansas City Chiefs. But unfortunately, that's all irrelevant because I lost my personal bet with Matty Buller. Money line, Matty. It was a money line, Matty play, and you know. In fairness, you were giving me the four points. I'm not going to make excuses, but if Tom Brady didn't look like Jameis Winston in a Bucks uniform, or at least play like him. Uh, that game might have turned out differently, but Maddie saw the writing on the wall. I did not, so uh, Maddie's twenty dollars richer as of last Monday. Yep, thank you, Andy. Uh, now Monday we both have a Sunday night. I can't remember, but anyway, that was Monday night. Monday night because Sunday night the Raiders, co- the Raiders uh, covered Raiders. as well. I was on the right side of that one last week too. I could still pick winners, and I could still make money for all kinds of people back home. Yes, you were. You were absolutely. I mean. It wasn't surprising that the Chiefs won, but the, what a spirited effort by the uh, by the Raiders. They they were certainly up for the game, up for yep. the task. Just came a little short as well. My the Raiders are in the Super Bowl. The Raiders are one and one against the Chiefs this year, and in their loss, played really hard against them. I'd be worried about the if I'm the Chiefs having to play the Raiders in the playoffs. Well, maybe they won't have to if Baltimore gets their act together. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see about that. That's a, a long, tall order. Baltimore-Pittsburgh this week. It's going to be exciting as well. Got uh, flexed from Thursday on the Thanksgiving Day evening into the one fifteen weird time slot on uh, Sunday afternoon. So, Andy, lots to talk about this weekend. Should we fire it up? We should fire it up, Matty. First game on the docket is Hotlanta. 
They are three-point underdogs against visiting Las Vegas Raiders. 55.5 is your over-under for this game. And, well, we just finished talking about the Raiders there in the opening and what a spirited effort they're coming off of. But short week, got to travel across the country. What say you, Andy? Well, I think everyone's pretty high on the Raiders as well as they played against the Chiefs, as you mentioned, for uh, both, both outings. But... The only thing I'm concerned about is I'm coming out flat in the spot. Uh, usually, after a big divisional game like that, that's on prime time, and now you've got now you're moving into a non-conference road game. Ugh, that's a huge letdown spot. However, if you simply look at their coach John Gruden, who we shit on all the time, <laughs> but I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's going to allow them to let anything down because they are still very much in a, in a playoff hunt spot and jockeying for position uh, nonetheless. They've actually covered six of their last seven on the road. Yep. Um, I don't think as Atlanta is as bad as we thought they were. They've tightened up their defense quite a bit in the last month. Um, their offense is still really good. Well, it's interesting. As soon as Raheem Morris came in, boom, defense boom. started playing, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no joke. Um, well, let me uh, say this. The, yeah. the Raiders are four and one away from home this season, mm-hmm. six and three against the spread. So Gruden's obviously getting these guys up for road games and they're fighting for a playoff spot. So this late in the season, even though it's a non-conference road game in the division, the Raiders play in, there's no room for error here. Yeah, there's they no got a win. Room for- no. No, they got they got to win, right? They got to win and win just as win, many baby. games as possible. Just yeah, win. just win, baby. Now, the Falcons are allowing 406.8 total yards per game and 300.3 pass yards per game, it's which not very is good. no, very that's not. And I mean, Derek Carr is one of three quarterbacks to rank in the top five in both completion percentage and passer rating uh, this and season. And one of three cars just to rate at all. Yeah, it, very impressive. He might even be now the second best car. I would think I would put him ahead, ahead of his brother. Ahead of David, yes, but not ahead of Eric Carr, ex-drummer no. from Kiss. As we've people who listen to this show for a long time, we have who is the best car? You have Eric Carr, ex-drummer from Kiss. Now, in second spot, moving up one place, you've got Derek Carr mm-hmm. and then David Carr obviously pulling up the rear now because Derek Carr is actually doing something in the NFL. It's pretty interesting. The one little funny thing that I saw on, uh, on the stats I was checking out was the Raiders haven't won on the road versus the Falcons since week three, 1997. So I mean, how often do they play each other? (laughs) Well, that's, that's part of it. That's my segue into saying, I think they're due. I'm going to take the Raiders here by uh, more than three points. Yeah, I, I, I got no reason to disagree with you. Just win, baby. One, two, three. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Up to Western New York, where the Bills are five and a half point favorites over the visiting LA Chargers. 53 and a half is the over under for this game. Buffalo obviously is coming off of their bye week, and the Chargers. Do not do well away from home. They're one and four away this year, and Buffalo's four and one. They, they don't at do home. that well at home either, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Very good point. Touche. Um, the interesting part of this game I found was that both quarterbacks are almost identical in a big number of statistical categories. 
So it, it, this game is uh, almost a crapshoot. Uh, I think the fact that they're both under 24 years of age is a huge factor for the NFL. Yeah, That's it's exciting, man. Yeah, the future's bright in the NFL when they when you see all the young talent in the league under the age of 25. What do you think here? This is going to be pretty. It's it, the weather at, at uh, Orchard Park isn't going to be too bad. Forty nine degrees Fahrenheit at kickoff, uh, so partially cloudy or partly sunny, whatever you want to say. Uh, you know, the Bills are coming off their bye week, and, and you could even argue that the Chargers are coming off a bye week as they faced the Jets last week. <laughs> yep. But, but Gang Green, they also did put up a fight and also twenty eight points on the Bolts. Even when Anthony Lynn's team enjoyed an 18-point lead at one point, they almost coughed it up at the end. You know, if, if the Jets knew how to lateral properly, you might have had a, quite the ending of that game. Dude, but- Matt Patricia thinks that Anthony Lynn doesn't know how to hold on to the lead. <laughs> hi Yeah, but say, say what you will about them. They are very consistent. In fact, they're the most consistent team in the league. And with the exception of their game against the Jags, in which they won by 10 points, every single other game has been decided by one score or less. And in fact, six of those games by five points or less. And here we are at five and a half. I I, I think this is going to be a track meet. You know, both teams give up about 29 points per game on defense. Um, I like the Chargers to cover here. I like them to probably get up early and then, you know, Anthony Lennett in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, you really like, I'm having a hard time with this one. I think this is a really sharp line. No, this is buff. It's a dead number at five and a half. Come on, man. Uh, cause, really? Cause I think, at, you know, minus three and a half Buffalo is pretty attractive. I think this five and a half, you know, I, it's very tough. Sean McDermott though. He's a three and oh, right now, uh, coming off of a bye week in his career. Which is pretty good, in uh, but a very short sample size as well. The Chargers also don't do enough blitzing. They and if you're not going to get to Josh Allen, he's going to have a field day. That and the Chargers are blitzing only fifteen point two percent. Okay, of snaps. But That's the lowest in their, the NFL. Look at their defensive linemen. Oh, the linebackers, not, right? Do they need to blitz that often, or do they get enough pressure with their front four? Uh, I don't know, man. I think blitz packages are important no matter how good your front four are. And obviously, even if they aren't blitzing, uh, let's say they're dropping maximum coverage, then why the fuck are you allowing this many yards and points a game? No, I don't disagree. <laughs> their, their defense could be a lot better, and it has been a lot better, even under Anthony Lynn in the past few years. So this is a little bit of surprising yeah. part of their uh, part of their game right now. now. Now, both teams are five and five against the spread. You know what? I'm with you, man. I think if Buffalo wins this game, they win it by like a field goal because I agree with you. Both teams are just, it's going to be one team yeah. goes down and scores. The next team goes down and scores. Uh, what will seal this game will be whoever turns the ball over and capitalizes on it more. So, and who knows who that's going to be. I, I'd like the Chargers here at least to cover the five and a half points. <laughs> Cincinnati. The Bengals, six-point underdogs at home 
Uh, that's against the visiting New York Giants. 42 and a half year over under, and obviously they're six point underdogs at home because Joe Burrow is now out with an ACL tear, and that is absolutely freaking brutal. In fact, the NFL this year, it's been pretty brutal on ACLs all around. Here's just a few names with NFL players this season that have to come back from ACL tears. Joe Burrow, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr., Nick Bosa, Tariq Cohen, Devin Bush, Cortland Sutton, Taylor Lewin, and Bruce Irvin. That is unbelievable. I'd like to find out how many of those came on turf versus grass as well. Big suspicion that a lot of those are turf injuries. But I digress. I don't want to spend too much time on this game because it's the Giants and the Bengals. So I'm going, and the Bengals don't even have Burrow. So no Burrow, no hope. Better luck next year, Bengals fan. I'm taking the G-Man. Yeah, you know what? I was over the G. I was on the G men. I was, you know, when I, so you were when it wasn't fashionable, like weeks ago. No, 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 no. I know, I know, I do. I uh, yeah, I realized that I was, and that was on the strength of their front seven on defense. But Ryan Finley's their backup, and 104th pick overall from North Carolina State, and he had exactly three career starts under his belt. But wait, newsflash, the Bengals just announced yesterday that they're starting Brandon Allen from Arkansas. 28-year-old with exactly 39 professional passing completions. So why do you go that far in uh, down your depth chart after your Joe Burrow goes out? I don't know. Um, now, the Giants have covered, you know, five of their last uh, road games. And you look at the total at 42 and a half. So there's not going to be a lot of points expected to be scored. I think if Cincinnati can contain Danny Dimes down the field and they, they force him into the rushing game and Cincinnati has one big play either on defense or special teams with a key turnover, I think that they can keep this one close. And I, I got to take I got to take six points at home with the Bengals. After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the blink of an eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the winner is Cincinnati by 200 points. Buy you, worthless hunk of junk. This is Johnny Unitas of the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. Lucas Oil Field we go, and the Indianapolis Colts are three-point favorites against visiting Tennessee Titans. 51 points is your over-under for this game. Andy, are the Colts getting a little too much respect here? Yeah, absolutely. That was going to be my first point. Um, they had a great game against the Packers last week. We all saw it. Went to overtime. Yep. It got, yeah. it got Aaron Rodgers to turn the ball over a couple times, which well, that, that was a lot. The thing. Green Bay turned the ball over four times on Sunday, and you're not going to see Tennessee doing that. I think it was a bit of an anomaly for Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay looked like they were in the driver's seat that whole game. Um, so they had a big comeback win, and typically when teams have a big comeback win, they fall flat the next week. And I think, yeah, they're riding a little bit high. Uh, you know, the Tennessee game went in overtime, right? And he had Derrick Henry with that big bully run Huge at the run. end. What was that, 35 yards for a touchdown? Yep. 
just like walk off. That guy's such a beast. Oh, I know. And that's, I think that's what this game's going to come down to. When you come in against Derrick Henry, you better go low. Do not stand up with that man and let him just <laughs> throw you out of the club. 51's the total, but I, I don't know, man. I got a sneaking suspicion that not too many points, not that many points are going to be scored. I, I was thinking the same thing. I like the under on this one. I like a lot of running because Indianapolis likes to run the ball as well. Yeah. And a couple stalwart defenses, you know, you could. You could definitely see a, a total in the high 30s, low 40s even. Uh, we don't talk about props too often on this show, but Malcolm Butler to get a pick off of uh, Philip Rivers there, not the worst thing to consider. Nope, definitely not. Uh, I mean, the I, Titans, I, you got to look at the Titans right now and think that they want to get back at the Colts. Two weeks mm-hmm. ago, they got embarrassed by them on the th- at the Thursday nighter, right? 34 mm-hmm. to 17, right? They played horribly yeah. and everything went right for the Colts. Is that going to happen again? Now, Philip Rivers, for whatever reason, has turned it on. Um, yeah, he has. He has. And I, I have an, another sneaking suspicion that uh, it's because he's been able to stay upright. Uh, he's Rivers is on pace to be the first quarterback to start 16 games and be sacked fewer than 15 times since Peyton Manning in 2009. Um, also with the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, you bet. And the Colts, well, one thing they do know how to do is build an offensive line. And anybody that wants to know about the importance of an offensive line, well, this is your case study right here. They're making uh, Philip Rivers look Yeah, good. let's ask the Cincinnati Bengals about how important that is. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I like Tennessee, uh, the road team here, to cover on Thanksgiving weekend in what should be a low-scoring game. Yep, couldn't agree more. Over there, we have the turkey. See, now here's the turkey. We got one leg, two legs, three legs, four legs, five legs, six legs. So six of these legs or one of these legs or two of these six legs are going to be given to someone. Well, now we head down to Florida. Florida, but that's America's way. Where the Jacksonville Jaguars are six and a half point underdogs against visiting Cleveland Browns. 49 is your over under. Another uh, another substantial home dog here. Uh, but, you know, the Browns, they're shutting offenses down right now. They're allowing 13.3 points per game from weeks eight to 11. That's the second fewest in the NFL over that uh, that time. And, right. and I will say this. Robinson in Jacksonville is one hell of a running back, but he can't do it by himself. He's putting up some great numbers, but the Jags are the 28th ranked rushing offense in the league. That does not make sense. Okay, let's go back to your original point about Cleveland shutting down offenses. This is the first time in a month that they weren't playing in hurricane-like weather in Cleveland. You know, the game against the Raiders, which they lost by a touchdown, the, the wind gusts were 50 miles an hour, right? Or what about that? that what about that, that 10 7? What about that 10 7 barn burner against Houston? <laughs> right. And then, and then followed up by last week, which, you know, 22 to 10. Um, and they weren't playing a good team. So uh, that's the reason why those stats stand out. Now, before we go any further in the game, we need to talk about the Jaguars' north end zone hot tub. Now, Maddie just had his hot tub installed about a month ago and you were having enjoying a couple cocktails in your hot tub watching football what's what what, did anything debaucherous occur at your place it would be similar in jacksonville oh i would have to say no because first of all my wife and i have all of our teeth 
So, oh. yeah. No. You know. So, yeah, that's not good. And second of all, I've been married for quite a long time now. I'm, I'm uh, as Jerry Seinfeld would say, I'm not an orgy guy. Um. So <laughs> you have too many wives and not enough teeth. Or hang on, too many wives and too many teeth to be considered a Jackson, Jacksonvillian? Jacksonville? Yeah, I have way too many teeth. <laughs> Jesus. The math has my IQ, and, and my IQ is actually higher than the number of teeth that I have. It's, right. It's a, so it's a phenomenon outside of Jacksonville called intelligence. Too many wives, not enough math. <laughs> Something right. like that. We'll leave but it let there. me tell you, hey, let me talk to you about these meth heads in Jacksonville. <laughs> Do you know why we know that this state and everything around it is so fucked? Because they're going to start Mike fucking Glennon. Excuse me? A baking powder? Mike Glennon is garbage. Garbage. He lost a starting quarterback job to Mitch Trubisky. Let that sink in. The Bears brought him in, paid him like 20 million bucks. And Trubisky still beat him out for the starting job. Now, also, this this uh, should be raining at game time, which, well, that plays into Cleveland. Would it well, not? does it? Does it? I, I believe it does because we've seen okay, what they they've come sure. away with wins in the hurricane and rain like games they've played this season. Yeah, but let's you mentioned the guy's name before, James Robinson. Guess what? Um Jacksonville's running back, James Robinson, is behind only Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook in rushing yards this season. Yeah, it that's why it blows me away that the Jags are ranked twenty eighth in rushing offense. Because I was like that's that's why that stock that's why that stat absolutely blew me away because I've been watching the NFL this year. Robinson's killing it. And I'm not disagreeing with you when it comes to defenses. I think Cleveland's defense, especially in the rain can contain Robinson a bit, especially if they don't have to worry about the pass as much. And they won't because Mike Glennon couldn't hit sand. If he fell off a camel, I'm now, taking you obviously haven't the heard Browns. the pronunciation. John Gruden's proper pronunciation. It, it is Michael Glennon. I don't care if it's Herbert, a bear. You know what's interesting? The quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons is Bobby A. Bear. No one, which I find fascinating. You know, it's Herbert, H-E-R-B-E-R-T, a bear, H-E-B-E-R-T. I'm taking the seven and three Browns. I'm taking the hapless Jacksonville Jags at plus six and a half at home. The turkey's a little dry. Oh, bow the cursed thing. What demon from the depths of hell created thee? <laughs> Minnesota Vikings are at home this week and they're three and a half point favorites against the Carolina Panthers. 48 and a half is your over under. And uh, I can't believe Carolina even won last week with a former XFL quarterback. Hey, eh? PJ Walker, he threw for 258, one touchdown. He had two picks, but yeah, they skunked the Lions 20 to nothing. Easy there. Hey, it's Thanksgiving. Shouldn't you be in Detroit losing a football game right now? PJ Walker. Dynamite! But equally impressive was the Panther defense who held a Matthew Stafford with a bum thumb at 178 yards passing. But this game looks like it's got Teddy Two Goves is coming back in. 
And the Vikings are the epitome of a one-dimensional team this year. And if Carolina can focus on keeping Dalvin Cook in check, and when I say in check, I mean maybe two touchdowns and about 100 yards, they got a great shot at winning this thing outright. And, you know, this might be a fair spread during a normal year with a crowd to cheer you on, but, you know, I see these teams being a pick on a neutral field, which is exactly what the spaceship uh, U.S. Bank Stadium will be this week in Minneapolis. Uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins, I do have to say, has been pretty solid over the last four weeks. Three and oh, one record. Oh, no, sorry. Can we get that in writing from you? Hey, I, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. He has been pretty solid over the last four weeks. Three and one record, 71% completions, nine touchdowns, one pick, 128.2 passer rating. And one of them happened to be a Monday nighter, which. You know, he never plays well on Monday night. So kudos to Kirk Cousins. And who was that against? I can't remember. Yeah, fuck you. But, um, <laughs> the Vikings are one and four at home this year. They're not playing well at home. And uh, they're allowing a lot of fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. And, and, and Curtis Samuel has 17 plus uh, fantasy points in four of his last games. I think he's going to have a big game. So if you got him on your fantasy squad, make sure he is starting. But if Carolina's defense comes out and does what it did last weekend against Matt Stafford, uh, and they, like you said, can contain Dalvin Cook, this game, they should easily be able to cover three and a half points on the road. Who are you taking, Andy? Well, I heard a, uh, I heard a trend stat, and again, I'm not a huge trend guy, but uh, Mike, uh, Mike Zimmer is 15-4 and four off a loss when the next game is at home in, in Minnesota. That being said, if this line was under three, I, I'd be looking to the Viking side, but over three, I'm taking Carolina. What kind of a Thanksgiving dinner is this? Where's the turkey, Chuck? Where's the mashed potatoes? Where's the cranberry sauce? Where's the pumpkin pie? Hey, hey, let's go. New England, Patriots. Greatest football team, we New England. Next, we go to Foxborough Stadium, where the New England Patriots are a home dog, which isn't very familiar in their uh, present-day lexicon. <laughs> they are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. In fact, 49-and-a-half year over-under, and Arizona is coming to town. And speaking of the Patriots' woes, they're averaging 20.9 points per game this season. That's the fewest since Belichick's inaugural season in 2000. And uh, it's not going to be nice for them this week because Kyler Murray's coming to town. And he's on fire. The only player with two or more offensive touchdowns in each game this season. So every team knows he's coming. And they still can't stop him. But this is Bill Belichick. Well, Bill Belichick is hard a worker as he already is, has had to do a little bit of overtime this year, um, scheming up defenses against guys named Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and as you mentioned now, Kyler Murray. Um, the Cardinals actually lead the league in yards per game. And on that same list, New England is number 16. And that's going to be the tail of tape of this one. I, I think Arizona... Minus two and a half is not huge. Um, I, I, I think that they can actually probably win this by a lot more than that. Um, you know, Cam going through uh, through the air last week for 365 yards. 
you're not going to get that consistently out of Cam Newton. Sorry, you're just not. Um, and I, I like Arizona. I like Arizona to cover here. Um, you know, again, these two teams don't have a long history against each other. But, yeah, I think uh, I think it's time that the Cardinals pull one out in Foxborough. Like, I think it's a pretty easy game. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Arizona is who I'm going with. I think I agree with you. I don't think the Pats can stop Kyler Murray or, quite frankly, any of their receiving core. So I'm with you. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals, although somehow something tells me with the amount of visiting teams I'm taking this week, I'm going to get bit. I've handled dozens of balls over the past week. Up next, we head to MetLife Stadium, where the New York Jets are six and a half point underdogs against visiting Miami Dolphins. Forty-four and a half is your over/under. Before we get to this game, I want to say this: benching Tua for Fitz last week was one of the stupidest moves I've seen an NFL co- coach make. I knew you forever. were going to say that, man. I knew like, you were well, no, say that. fuck him. You put a rookie in there, you take out Fitz, and okay, fine and dandy, it was working out. But all of a sudden, things aren't working for one half. You give him one half. And then, oh, he's it's not working. I'm just going to put Fitz in because he gives us the best chance to come back. Well, yeah. you're not giving your your rookie any confidence. You're not giving him any experience. You know, no. if you want him to get better and be your future no, quarterback, which is what make a decision, right? Fucking right. And that, what kind of message is it going to send to him, to him and to your entire organization? If you take him out every time the going gets tough, I think that was a stupid move. And in fact. I think it's going to come back and bite him in the ass this week. I'm taking the New York Jets as a money line Matty pick this week. Oh, what? To get their first W notched? You bet. Divisional divisional game at home. And I think that Miami is in a letdown spot here because their coach fucked up big last week. And Uh, that's going to have consequences. Yeah, Miami... They probably should have won that game in Denver. Could have, would have, should have is the difference what I'm talking about. The good teams don't come in and say could have. They get it done. But Denver played really well. So I'm not taking anything away from them. Hey, Um, the Jets almost pulled one out last week too. Absolutely. But, you know, if you look at Miami's record since Tua started, you know, their their win-loss record is great under Tua. But if you look at Tua's stats passing rushing anything they're very very mediocre at best oh oh miami was doing it on defense and special teams with defense Tua. and and you know capitalizing on turnovers uh they the were very position. optimistic and the only problem uh, winning that way is it's just not it's not sustainable and and i agree with you i don't think i don't think they're as good of a team as we thought they have, may have been a couple weeks ago and now you've got Cross country trip again on the road. Maybe you did you talk talk me into taking the Jets? Am I am I in some sort of a nightmare scene here? You talk me into taking the Jets. I won't money line them, but I'll take the six and a half points at home.
On to L.A., where the surging Rams are seven-point favorites at home against the San Francisco 49ers. 45 is the over-under on this, so that's a pretty high uh, point spread when you're looking at such a low total for the game. Um, The 49ers, this is a very interesting stat. Since 2014, they are 1-12 in in games following nine or more days of rest. Uh, And they've lost four straight games by more than 10 points. So this is, uh, and one other interesting. What are you trying setup. to rub salt in my wounds, dude? No, no. This I'm just trying to set up the the picture between these two teams. Like this is a division game, but also the third time in the Super Bowl era that the Rams have had a 90 plus passer rating and allowed fewer than 20 points per game, and they made the Super Bowl in each of the two previous such seasons. Man, this is, uh, it's. I like the Rams to win here, but my issue is seven points is a lot of points in a divisional game, especially when it's such a competitive division like the NFC West. And, oh, the 49ers, it should be mentioned, are getting staff back from uh, from IR even. I believe Mostert uh, can be, might even play the game, right? Yeah. Um, I'll, get Mostert, that a, I'll get that in a second. All right. Well, this is your account. Let, I've been talking back, too much. Let's go back to last Monday night. <laughs> Your Rams, I'm sorry, your pick of the Rams, absolutely kicked the crap out of Tom Brady and the Bucks. Like, I don't think that game was in question at all. And Aaron but, Donald didn't even have that big a game because they no, were, and, but, but, Jaylen, but they were still you know, getting. When you got him and Jalen Ramsey, one of them's going to do something, right? That's the point I was going to make. Right. And. You know, as you just alluded to, the NFC West is extremely competitive. Well, guess who the Rams are playing next week? The surging Arizona Cardinals. Meaning, it's an almost wise guys sandwich game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. So as horrible as they have looked in the month of November, I'm going to make a case for San Francisco before I give my pick. They are coming off a bye week, which gave them a chance to rest and regroup. Yes, they have Kittle, Garoppolo, uh, Nick Bosa, D. Ford are all out for the rest of the season. But they are getting back defensive end Eric Armstead, defensive lineman Hieronymus Grisou, and possibly Raheem Mostert and Debo Samuel. And one positive note with all their injuries this season is that a lot of rookies and second string guys have had a chance to audition. And despite their talent level being a little bit shorter this year, I'm not going to question their effort. And in a divisional game like this, uh, and you're giving me seven points and a low expected total, I got to go with the 49ers. All right. The Rams are 4 0 at home. Niners are three and two away from home, which is a winning record. But then you got to consider two of those wins were against New York. MetLife Stadium. Yeah, not named the Bills. Not named <laughs> so, the Bills. Um, I, I just, I don't like seven points here, but I also really am not liking the way this sets up for the Niners. The Rams have beaten two really good defenses in Chicago and Tampa Bay recently. And, and no, um, I'm not, put up I'm, more than 20 points to do it. I don't know if the Niners... Without Garoppolo, without Kittle, I know. And here's my thing. I'm not going to, I wouldn't make the bet today, but I have to make the pick today. I'm going to take the Rams today. And the reason I'm going to take the Rams is I don't think that Mostert and Samuel are going to come back this week. You don't. Uh, And if they do, if I don't think Debo will, but I think Mostert 
Uh, well, even if they both do, they're going to have less carries. They're, uh, they're not going to just go start handing the ball off 20 times to Mostert, even if it is winning them the game, because they don't need him to re-aggravate his Well, ankle. these are young guys. They're probably the future of their team. That's uh, right. Well, these, and they also rush pro bowlers. So. They rush Mostert back already. Yeah. And because of that, they had to put him on IR. They did the same thing to Garoppolo. So yep. if there, uh, there's no way they're gonna. I just, if Debo and Mostert get those those carries and they come back and they're full tilt, I give them a fighting chance. But the way the Rams are playing defense right now, and more importantly, uh, the way Goff handled himself against the onslaught of Tampa Bay's, he Goff you had said like, he handled himself. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, he said he handled himself, Beavis. Damn, Beavis. Himself. Um, I just here's the thing, dude. I'm going to take the Rams. I'm not super confident in the pick. I'm not putting my own money on this because I'm not sure about what personnel is going to be in, and if so, what impact are they going to have on the game? How much are they going to be played? So I'm going to take the Rams here. They're playing really well, but I wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised in the least if the Niners came out and and actually uh, gave the Rams a run for their money. Yeah, and to be clear, and I'm always like this, you know, San Fran is my team. Uh, everyone knows that. Um, you know, logos off the helmets here. This is a situational pick. That's it. Do you know what is a fact that everybody knows as well? Packers suck. The Packers suck. Everybody knows that the Packers suck. <laughs> the Tampa Brown! Now, I ain't saying we're the best, baby. Win the West, baby. Yeah. Now I ain't saying we're the best, baby. Yeah. But we just better than the rest, baby. Yeah. Denver's playing another home game this week, and they're six-point underdogs against visiting New Orleans Saints. 43 and a half is your over-under on this game. And uh, I just can't figure out Don Fangio's uh, why he's sticking with Melvin Gordon. Uh, fewer than five yeah, fantasy points in two of his last three games. And he's fumbled the ball how many times in his 500 carry or in his 100 and some odd carries as a Bronco. Lindsay has had over 500 carries as a Bronco and never fumbled. And who did you put in at the end of the game last week? That's why you don't hire defensive guys to be your head coaches. It's just, you can't do it. Uh, yeah, they have certain proclivities, don't they, Matty? They sure do. Hey, man, and I'm a defense guy. But if I was to be hired as a coach of a professional team, I would hire an offensive guy and it would be his domain. Yeah. I wouldn't be touching it. Um, I, the no, Saints, Melvin Gordon looked like a, um, a really sweet acquisition. Sure did. And then nothing. Nothing. Uh, now the Saints, Lindsay, I know the guy still lives at home with mommy and daddy, but that's a guy you got to feed the ball to. It is. But you know what's funny? He's on my fantasy team. Every time I start him, they don't give him the ball. Yeah. And every time I sit him, he gets 20 fantasy points. I just can't figure that one out. Uh, the Saints, though, they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 48 straight games. Uh, that's the fourth longest streak in the NFL since 1950. Wow, that is and impressive. Over the last five games, 14.4 points per game is allowed, 267 total yards per game allowed, and 3.8 sacks per game. Oh, add to that 10 takeaways. That's a defense that is rolling. And then it, does, it looks like it doesn't matter who is playing quarterback, 
they're going to Sean Payton. There's another guy whose name needs to be mentioned when you're talking about awesome coaches. Cause that guy seems to be able to game plan for anything. Other side of the ball. You got Vic Fangio defensive head coach and yeah, his defense is playing good, but now he's playing another great defense and he can't coach up a quarterback. There's no way he can. And it shows drew lock three and five record. 55.6 completion percentage, seven touchdowns, 11 picks, and a 67.5 passer rating. That cannot get it done in the NFL. The Broncos' offense as a whole also has the most giveaways in the NFL this season, sitting at 23. I am going to take the New Orleans Saints by more than six points, and that's also because the weather is going to be sunny. It'll be a little cool, but it's not going to be any sort of crazy weather or winds at mile high. That is quite the statistical case that you put together for the new orleans saints he's one of those idiots who believe in analytics well thank you now you're going to make one for denver no i'm not going to make a <laughs> statistical one i'm going to make a <laughs> uh so a situational one non-conference road game again we talk about this a lot with a dome team playing outside now as you said it's not going to be inclement weather but you've got the elevation a mile high which we always talk about in the last week of november and did you know, in fact, again, not a huge trend guy, but the Broncos have beaten the Saints outright in all of their past five meetings. And yeah, I, actually, the Broncos haven't lost to the Saints in this century. Uh, they're 5-0 and against New Orleans since 2000. The last time the Saints brought, beat the Broncos was 30-28 to in 1994 at Mile High Stadium. And the Saints linebackers coach for that game? Vic Fangio. No way. Way. Oh. 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 I wonder if his proclivities uh, went that far back. <laughs> um, and, okay, so the reason why I I almost, I had a, almost, I was on the verge of having a really good week had it not been for the Monday night game with the Bucks. And the other game that I was kicking my ass for not picking was Denver at home against Miami. I know better. I know better. Yep. I kicked and myself for that one as well. You're giving me six points at home against, again, I can't say this enough. A non-conference road game doesn't mean shit on the whole, in the whole scheme of things on the schedule. On the whole, I think Preparation H feels good. Of course you want wins, but you don't need to crush them. You don't need to destroy them. These guys have no, no animosity towards each other. I'm going with Denver at home. Go America. Go America. Go Broncos. Yeah, go Broncos. Yeah. Well, for our final late Sunday afternoon game, we head to the state of Florida and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are three and a half point underdogs at home against Kansas City. Kansas City is just chugging. Right now, their defense looks stellar. They've allowed 20 points or fewer in seven games this year. That's the most in the NFL. And right now, Tom Brady has a hard time throwing deep. There's something about father time and that deep ball, eh? He's 0 yeah. for 19 with three interceptions on deep passes yeah. uh, in his last four games. Um, now, I do have to tell everybody. Last Monday night, wasn't it? Yeah, and I do have to tell everybody. <laughs> you, you, you put me on to Mike Evans last week, which made me money. We said the anytime touchdown for Mike Evans, I think it was plus 170 or something like that. 
eight of his nine receiving touchdowns this season have come inside the opponent's 10 yard line. That's what you texted me last week before the he game. Was the red zone we both guy, got man. on that. Yeah. So even so though he's, what did that take like five minutes to happen? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and even though Brady's got a lot of weapons, he seems to still really like going to Evans when it's crunch time. But, I mean, the Chiefs have a 5-0 and away record. Tampa Bay is only 3-2 and at home. And the Chiefs' offense this year, 32.1 points per game, 414.1 total yards per game, 7.4 big plays per game, and a red zone, percent, red zone touchdown percentage of 67.5. Like, how do you compete against that? And Tampa Bay is coming off a very demoralizing loss, and they seem to be kind of sagging. Yeah, I mean, normally when a when a team with a great quarterback and a great defense comes off a loss, they they tend to shine and sparkle the next time out. But I don't know if that's the case here with the Bucks. Um, oh, I got to say this, man. Is this like Patrick Skywalker versus Goat Vader? And I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Like, you've got these two quarterbacks that are – well, I don't want to speak too soon about Mahomes, but he kind of looks like he's on the trajectory to get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, we know Tom Brady's going to be there. And I, I'm talking about trends a lot this week for a guy who's not a big trend guy, but this was kind of funny. The last time the Chiefs beat the Bucks, Patrick Mahomes hadn't even been born yet. <laughs> it goes back to 1993. Uh, I, don't, I, I mean, that's the type of trend you can throw out the window because these two teams don't play that often. I just found that it was interesting and sort of underscores uh, his youth versus Brady's mm, fight against father time. He can't get it down the field. And as you see, the Chiefs are, their defense has gotten uh, better over the last couple months and over the last couple seasons. And it seems like anytime Mahomes is on the field, they, they can call their own number in terms of offensive production. And, you know, if this was, I don't know, I, I, I think this this line probably should have been closer to six and a half, but at three and a half, I got, I got to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree with you. I, uh, I'm i going to be taking the Kansas City Chiefs, and I also agree with you that this line is uh, a few points light. Let me understand. You got the hen, the chicken, and the rooster. The rooster goes with the chicken. So who's having sex with the hen? <laughs> About it all the time. But you see my point here? You only hear of a hen, a rooster, and a chicken. Something's missing. Something's missing, all right. <laughs> They're all chickens. The rooster has sex with all of them. <laughs> That's perverse. Well, the Sunday Nighter features a 101-year-old rivalry with the Chicago Bears going into Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. The Packers laying nine and a half points at home. Uh, now, uh, there's reason for that. And in fact, uh, you know, the trends, as you say, they don't mean too much, but they're kind of fun to look at. In the last 20 games played between these two rivals, it hasn't been much of a rivalry. The Packers have won 17. <laughs> That is well, that's a, that's a valid trend because they play each other twice a year. And yep. it's but like, that's over a 10-year span. So yeah. Aaron Rodgers' career, basically. Yeah. Now, it should be mentioned, though, Nick Foles will not be in, and Trubisky is going to be the starter. Is that He's, official? This is what I'm hearing through Bears circles, and I'm uh, you know I'm on Bears uh, Bear Twitter Bears. all the time and stuff. 
Well, you know what's funny? A lot of that stuff usually comes to fruition. Uh, Foles is still dealing with that like hip back, whatever thing going on where Trubisky actually practiced in full yesterday and is expected to have full practice again today. He's 3-0 this season. Do you think this could give the Bears offense a bit of a spark? Yeah, absolutely that it can. Um, like he's playing for a job now because even if the Bears don't try to pick him up next year, if he turns it on and wins a bunch of games, gets the Bears into the playoffs, he's going to go somewhere in free agency. There's teams that need quarterbacks. Yeah, like, do, do, do you think Nick Foles getting penis reduction surgery would help his back? Does size count at all, or is that just some weird thing guys think about? All right, you see, this is where Gene and I always get into a heated debate. I like them when they're really big, and I think it's better when they're enormous. I don't know, but he's he's, he's being withered dick Nick lately. <laughs> you know, taking it's always a good idea um, not to bet against Aaron Rodgers after a loss, right? And that was a tough loss because, as I mentioned before, they, they were in the driver's seat for that whole game. And and holy hell, does the Bears' offense look bad? Trubisky, any sort of any difference in that quarterback slot is going to be a spark. Dude, I got, was thinking they should have landed a tryout for one of those Penguins and just seeing if one yeah, of them could throw good, the ball. Eh? I've yeah. read the rule book. There's nothing that says a Penguin can't play football. Right. And I like I like the one with the black and the white. You look. It'd be kind of like Doug Flutie though, right? Because I couldn't see over the old line. You'd probably see a lot of a, a lot of penguin bootlegs. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, look up the penguin joke, by the way. Um, now, one thing that started uh, was it last week or two weeks ago that Bill Lazor was uh, calling the plays on offense. Um, you know. Matt Nagy finally came to the conclusion that he wasn't doing a good job of that. Yeah, well, I, think, I love those. I love those wide receiver screens at third and thirteen from our own thirty. Those are great. <laughs> Fucking splendid play calling there. Like that guy couldn't. That guy couldn't beat a twelve-year-old in Madden. No, uh, something's got to be done. And you know what? This line started a lot lower, and it's it's climbing higher than a seven-piece reggae band right now. <laughs> Uh, I'm not really sure why. I don't know if it's why is guy money moving that line up. I can't imagine that it is. Green Bay's such a public team. I, yeah, I've got to imagine that's the money where that money is. Yeah, the public loves the Packers, and right now the public is very down on the Bears and very high on the Packers. That's right? exactly so you the think, time that you take the underdog, isn't it, Maddie? I fully agree. Now, as you said with the Niners game, and you cop to being a Niners fan, everybody that listens to the show knows I'm a Bears fan. Yeah. So, yes, I'm taking the Bears. Uh, but there is some, there's going to be some backup. It's going to be windy at Lambeau Field, uh, which will help keep the scoring down. And nine and a half points in the NFC North. Like you got to remember one thing. The, the Packers D is pretty weak. And even though the Packers have owned the Bears over the last 20 games, if you look at those 20 games, a very large number of those wins were by one possession. So I'm taking the Bears to cover. We're all very lucky here, and that's the real message of this holiday season. So let's all join in the Thanksgiving prayer. The prayer. <laughs> we thank Dicka and God for all they have provided. For the food we eat, the air we breathe, and for the domination enjoyed by a certain team from a certain town that hey, starts hey, with hey, a hey, 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 the game starts. Oh, all right. All right, all right. We'll get back to that during a commercial. Enjoy the games, folks. Well, it's Saturday night and I just got paid. Feel about my money, don't try to save. My heart said go, go. Have a time for Saturday. 
All right, we go to Monday night where we head to the city of brotherly love and the Philadelphia Eagles are four and a half point dogs against the visiting Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Philly, though, raging dumpster fire of a team. And uh, Russell Wilson is 10 and one in his career against teams with three or fewer wins in week 10 or later. So he, he beats the teams that he should. And man, is Carson Wentz ever on a downhill slide. Uh, 10th quarterback since 2000 to start the first 10 games of the season and not reach a 100-plus passer rating in any game. Well, apparently the Eagles have fallen so far from grace that legal experts aren't even calling them a professional football team any longer. Happens all the time in Philly. It's about as frequent as getting beaten up at a Philadelphia Eagle basketball uh, football game. Now, Matty... Who do you think would win in a fight between a Seahawk and an Eagle? Maddie? Oh, sorry. I thought that was a rhetorical question. It was a rhetorical. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so either I, I, I didn't say anything or I should use some rhetoric in my answer. So I guess, no, I don't have any Seahawk-Eagle rhetoric. So who would win in a fight against a Seahawk and an Eagle? Well, let me make an argument for an Eagle. Really, eh? <laughs> it's an argument, not a pick. It's an argument. Okay? So after Philly, Seattle's next three opponents are your New York football giants, followed by the New York J-E-T-S, and the professional football team from Washington. Wow. So this is a stretch where they don't really need to risk playing starters who aren't quite ready to return. And perhaps giving some of their second-string guys some additional snaps to prepare for the playoffs. The winds will be swirling with a 97% chance of rain, meaning the winning team will have to be able to run the ball effectively. But these two teams are almost identical in the run. Philly averages 121.1 yards per game. Seattle, 121.3 yards per game. And yards per rush attempt, 5.0 compared to 4.9. The biggest difference in this matchup is the ability to stop the pass. Seattle is dead last in the league in doing so, allowing 343 points a game. And to put that in perspective, that is 42 yards worse than the Falcons, who are second last in that same category. Not even close. Philly, a surprising 209 yards allowed per game, making them the sixth best in the NFL. And this is going to be the ugliest pick of the week. And sometimes you have to get comfortable being ugly if you're going to make money in this. And I'm going on Monday night with the home team, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, my God. Well, Andy, I know that scared money doesn't make money. and uh, But I've already been ugly this week. I went uh, I went down and p- into the into the depths of hell and chose the New York Jets on the money line. I actually have more confidence in the Jets this week than I do with the Eagles, and my problem with the Eagles is is, is two really. Carson Wentz is the first quarterback to be sacked forty or more times in the first ten games of a season since Tannehill in two thousand thirteen. The guy can't stay upright. That's part of the reason why he's throwing picks. He's making bad decisions. He's, well, he's, he's dropping, running for he's his life. Fumbles. It's fumbling. Is he's his fumbling as well. Well, and, and interceptions are as well his problem. So I think with the amount of penalties, because they're very undisciplined as well, and the amount of turnovers that this Eagles team commits. I just don't think they'll be able to keep up. I think it's uh, going to be maybe close for the first half, but eventually Seattle's going to pull away. Uh, I, I don't think rain is really much of a problem for uh, Russell Wilson uh, 
and his receivers. They seem to play pretty well in the outdoor rain because, well, that's kind of all you get in Seattle. I am taking the Seattle Seahawks to cover the spread. Dude, their, their defense is so bad. I don't care if it's Carson Wentz or Johnny Carson. I think that the Eagles can move the ball through the air, and that's sorry, the last thing I'm going to say about them. I hate the fucking Eagles, man. Well, here's a little segment we like to go digging for gold we've got our friend doc on the line and he's gonna give you a spiffy's gold pick of the week that's gold sorry. i love gold and it's always a pleasure to talk to doc welcome back to the show bud hey thanks for having me it's always fun to talk to you and andy as well how you doing now uh maddie just so you know uh, the doc is actually American and um, is used to celebrating yeah. Thanksgiving this this week. Well, happy so. Thanksgiving to you, Doc. Yeah, that's right. I hey. forgot your roots are in Western New York, aren't they? That's right. Yep. Right Thank on. you very much. Yeah. Thanks very much. We're going to have some turkey, and that doesn't even include the football. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Unfortunately, we don't get to talk about the Thursday games because, as uh, most people know that listen to this show, we do record this on the Thursday. So right now it's noon on Thursday. Um, but this weekend, there are some some pretty good games. And uh, what does Spiffy basically think about all the lines this week? Are, are they as sharp as last week? No, no. Sp- Spiffy, Spiffy was... Um amazed to see that there's a lot of games that he's interested in and i'm going to tell you about four of them Perfect. In, in groups of two let's say because there's it seems like there's two kind of uh, trains of thought that are running in parallel two games that show each tendency so let's start with a team coming off a bye playing against a divisional opponent on the road can I guess which one that is? And getting a lot of points. The home team is uh, looking like a playoff team. And they came off a tough game last week. And the team on the road needs to win in order to keep their playoff hopes alive. Any guesses? Oh, 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 oh. oh <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, the San Francisco 49ers. That's one of them, yep. And, and any other guesses? Oh, Large uh, spreads on the road, Chicago, hey, Green Bay. Like there you go, Chicago. Both of your teams are, are fit this description. They had buys last week. They're going into a divisional matchup against a team that played a tough game last week with a big spread. So Spiffy likes Chicago plus nine and a half at Green Bay and San Francisco plus seven at the Rams. Very good. Like Beautiful. That. So what's the other set of circumstances well, with the, the other two? Yes, indeed. The other side of circumstances goes like this. Spiffy takes a lot of convincing. Not always quick to jump on the idea that a team that's been failing is actually awful or a team that's been doing well is actually wonderful. So we have two games this weekend where uh, a team that seems to be on the way down playing against a team that seems to on the way up. And uh, Tell Spiffy, me it's Pittsburgh, like, New York. No, no, no. Oh, man. Yeah, that, I, I wish. The Jets so, are uh, my money line play this week. They are. Yeah. Spiffy likes the Jets on the money line, too, actually. But, what? Um, yeah. I don't know why. I said, shut up, Spiffy. It's because Spiffy, but, uh, I, I think the same thing. 
great money. Yeah, so did I. So, yeah. uh, well, they're getting a good price, uh, oh, sorry, I didn't offering a good payoff, let's say. But um, the games that Spiffy's talking about here um, involve uh, one team that uh, looks like they're doing better than expected uh, on the road against a team that's maybe not doing as well as expected, but the home team's getting some points, and Spiffy likes the home teams here. Atlanta against Las Vegas, and New England against Arizona. New England is the gold pick, actually. New England plus two and a half is Spiffy's pick of the week. That's gold, Jerry. Gold! I love gold! So your gold pick of the week is New England plus two and a half. So does Spiffy have him on the money line as well then, or do you need the two and a half points? No, um, Spiffy's got money line interests all over the place. He likes New England on the money line. He likes Chicago on the money line. Um, what? Yeah. Um, because, well, he thinks they're the... Let me see this way. He sees Chicago paying at plus 300. And that corresponds to about a 25% chance of winning. It's plus and, 330 now, by the way. Oh, cool. So that's even better. But... Um, Spiffy figures Chicago's probability of winning in the low 40s. So he's happy to take three plus three for so Chicago. That's what she's had. Well, yeah, they got holes in their hat. So <laughs> whatever. They live in Wisconsin, man. These people are so fat. Their blood type is ragu. Fucking Wisconsin. You know, all these dogs on the on the money line. Spiffy likes New England and Chicago and Atlanta. And uh, who else did I say? San Francisco. San Francisco. And so. Matty, he picked both our teams, Spiffy did. Should we award him the honorary uh, turkey leg of yeah. the week? <laughs> yeah, I think that's <laughs> it. Spiffy gets the turkey leg. Way to go, Spiffy. Thanks very much, guys. That's just uh, Spiffy wasn't expecting anything today. Well, you know. Well, he's uh, the MVP today. He just gave us like both hope into the weekend. He's that John Madden would hand out with, uh, you know, 16 legs uh, to the offensive line and the rest of the defense. Um, really? Wow. That's, yeah. uh, that's Let's face it. John Madden had a turkey that big so that he had leftovers to take on the bus. Right. <laughs> yeah. Straight up the sure. truth. And, and, and Summerall <laughs> would have been so juiced up by that point, he'd get to eat all of it anyway. John Madden was to turkeys as Andy Reid is to cheeseburgers. <laughs> there's, there's, there's an SAT question for all you youngsters out there. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> oh man all right three other dogs all hot picks and one gold one thank you so much doc um, enjoy your turkey we really appreciate having you on and uh i hope you have a safe and happy thanksgiving and uh thank you very much for your gold pick of the week that's gold Jerry. gold i love gold please hang up and try again And now a little thing we like to call the total tease, where Andy and I give you an t- over-under total that we like for this weekend, and also a teaser. Andy, what do you like this week? Well, 
for the total, I want to go to the Bills-Chargers game over 35.5. Both teams are averaging almost 30 points per game, and there's no reason to think that this should be any different. The weather's going to be fairly normal, and I think they're going to exceed that total by quite a bit. Teaser. I don't normally like taking road teams on them, but with low totals on both of these games, certainly warrant a look. And my teaser, I'm going to go with two dogs. And the first one is going to be the Denver Broncos at home at plus six. And even though it's New Orleans, who's a very good team, I'm going to bring that up to plus 12. And then I'm going cross country. And I'm going to do the same thing in the Big Apple with the New York Jets, who are at home sitting on a six and a half point spread. And I'm going to bring that up to 12 and a half. Both, uh, both games are expected to be, have low totals, so I think these games should be close. Uh, no expected blowouts. So there you go. Bills Chargers over 53, and then the Broncos and the Jets on the teaser leg. Well, for my total, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I, too, am going with the Bills Chargers. So I want that to go over 53 and a half. I think that total could be uh, in the high 50s and still probably go over the way both those teams play defense. For my teaser, I too am actually going to go with two road teams. First, Arizona at New England. I'm going to take Arizona from minus two and a half up to plus three and a half. And then I'm going to take uh, the Carolina Panthers up from plus three and a half to plus nine and a half. Well, thank you for listening to week 12 of Almost Wise Guys. We hope you and your family have a safe and happy Thanksgiving Day weekend. Uh, if you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week 12 games across the NFL. From the Cosa Nostra Studios, from my main man, the Doc, and his buddy Spiffy and his gold pick of the week, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge back at Almost Wise Guys Central. I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hate it, please share it with two enemies. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Love to eat turkey. <laughs> love to eat turkey. I love you. Love to eat turkey. Cause it's good. Love to eat turkey like a good boy should. Cause it's turkey to eat. So good. That clapping's messing my head up, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. But I was, was trying to think of the next line. I'm like, all I hear is clapping. <laughs> Here we go. Thanks anyways. <laughs> turkey for me. Turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night long. 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Turkey lurkey do and turkey lurkey dap. I eat that turkey, then I take a 
Oh, no. <laughs> Thanksgiving <laughs> is a special night. Jimmy Walker used to say dynamite. That's right. Turkey with gravy and cranberry. Can't believe the Mets traded Darryl Strawberry. Turkey for you and turkey for me. Can't believe Tyson gave that girl BD. White meat, dark meat, you just can't lose. I fell off my moped and I got a bruise. Turkey in the oven and the buns in the toaster. I'll never take down my Cheryl Teague's poster. Wrap the turkey up in aluminum foil. My brother likes to masturbate with baby oil. <laughs> Turkey and sweet potato pie. Sammy Davis Jr. only had one eye. Oh, turkey for the girls and turkey for the boys. My favorite kind of pants are corduroys. Gobble, gobble, goo, and gobble, gobble, giggle. I wish turkey only cost a nickel. Oh, I love turkey on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.